Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, and I want to thank the folks at TommyJohn.com for sponsoring the Weekly Standard. We really appreciate their support. And guys, if you're not familiar with Tommy John's fantastic men's products, you are in for a treat. Tommy John is a revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and underwear that keeps everything in place whichever way a man moves. Now, when they came to me and said, Michael, we want you to try on our socks, underwear, and T-shirts and talk to the podcast listeners about them, I said, you know, you may have found the worst person in America to do this. I'm not a clothes guy. I, underwear? My only question about underwear in the past was, how many holes can they have in them before they're technically not underwear? But I'll say it. TommyJohn.com has been life changing. Look, I'm longer in the torso, so t-shirts never stay tucked. And so at some point during the day, my t-shirt has ridden up under my armpits. I hate that. I was always the guy who had to find a discreet corner to remove the wedgie because my underwear didn't fit quite right. And I didn't really think about it. I just was walking around uncomfortable. Then I tried Tommy John underwear. Wow. It's like somebody who understands how men are shaped actually designed these. The t-shirts have a patented taper design. They're longer and form-fitting with just the right amount of stretch. And the socks have a unique technology that keeps them from sagging. I love TommyJohn.com products. It's all I'm wearing from now on, and I think you will too. But don't take my word for it. Try them for yourself, 20% off, and support the Weekly Standard podcast. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Use the promo code Weekly Standard. That's TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Guys, you're going to love them. I will release my tax returns against my lawyer's wishes when she releases her 33,000 emails that have been deleted. As soon as she releases them, I will release, I will release my tax returns. It's a special post-debate edition with our editor, Bill Crystal. So this is instant debate reaction, Bill. So this is before sound bites and cuts have been seen a bazillion times from people watching the news. You actually watched the debate. The key question, who won, who lost? I thought Hillary Clinton won. I, I say that as someone who's often been wrong in the instant reaction to these debates. Two days later, these things sometimes look different than they do right afterwards. I thought he started off well. Trump started off pretty well making a case I don't agree with, but making an aggressive case against the trade deals and tying it to the key thing he had to bring home tonight, which was that Hillary Clinton is part of the problem, not part of the solution. She's a career politician. She's been there forever. If you think things are on the wrong track, she's part of the reason. If you want things changed, he's your guy. Donald Trump's your guy. That, I thought, had to be his core message. And it was his core message for the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, he pummeled her on the trade deals. She was pretty defensive about them. And he made clear he would change things. And she was kind of part of the problem, not part of the solution. But I thought there was kind of an abrupt change when they went from trade, uh, again, whatever the merits of what he was saying about trade, but uh, he was on the offensive and doing pretty well and looked knowledgeable enough, citing, you know, Ford leaving Ohio and all that. And then suddenly we were on tax returns and she really went after him. And I thought he never quite got it back. I thought he, he, she stayed more or less on the offensive. Trump went into his let me defend every single thing you've accused me of mode. So he's wasted minutes, you know, going through the elaborate TikTok of whether he was or wasn't for or against the Iraq war. Wait, and Bill Crystal, it, have you called Sean Hannity? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I know. If you I haven't like called that. Sean, no. you shouldn't be talking about this. You can't, but there are whole aspects of it you can't even make up. And of course, <laughs> I'm probably being too earnest here and giving a kind of conventional analysis. <laughs> Excuse me. But my bottom line is um, he did pretty well in the first 20 minutes. 
But I thought he then um, got rattled, had no good answer really on the tax returns. And she stayed mostly on the offensive on most of the issues, at least held her own on some and on others, uh, beat him up pretty badly. And I thought by the end of the night, um, you know, she had done a pretty good job. She's not great. I mean, the irony is she's better at attacking than explaining policy. She's supposed to be a policy wonk. She's actually pretty good when she goes after him, pretty effective most of the time. Some of the canned lines didn't work too well. On policy, she's you know, boring and, and dull and not particularly convincing. But, you know, again, she was as good as, as he was, I suppose. And most important, I guess I would say, is at the end of the night, what's his, what's his claim you know, to fame? He's tough. Uh, I don't know. She seemed pretty tough by the end of the night, tougher than him in a way. He was the one who seemed whining. He even had this cold. That's not his fault. But she didn't cough once, and he sniffled many times. <laughs> so you're saying that trumped up trickle down won't be appearing on bumper stickers across uh, America in the was, next 24 that hours? Was, that was pathetic. I mean, yeah. her prepared stuff was worse, actually. Well, I, mean, I guess she prepared everything. But some of those lines, you think, God, they have all that, you know well-paid talent there in the Democratic Party, presumably, and they could come up with, with better things than that. And really, the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought, yikes, she's really, you know, she allegedly prepared so hard for this, but she's floundering on a pretty obvious attack line of his on trade. But I think she did find her, her footing. And the main thing is, I, I think I wrote this in the little piece I wrote for weeklystandard.com. I'm not sure she really won the debate. She was pretty mediocre. But I do think Trump lost it in the right. last uh, you know, 60 minutes or so. Yeah, he, he, you mentioned that she found her footing. Meh, maybe, maybe not. But he definitely lost his footing. He was scrambling down the rhetorical hillside, clutching at just straws. And you know, the, the idea that you're going to revisit the birther conversation and have an extended conversation about it and you know, bringing up Sid Blumenthal. Here's what's interesting, though, Bill, and it explains what – we may learn yet again. We have to re- relearn this. The tweets in my Twitter timeline from talk radio listeners and you know diehard uh, media right conservatives, they loved Sid- hearing Sidney Blumenthal's name. They loved that, you know, sticking on Hillary. And someone actually, I'm trying to remember who tweeted it, but I tweeted it back out as a he speaks for millions of Americans. I'm so glad he's getting up in her face. This is what the primary voters who gave the nomination to Trump wanted to see. And they got it. And voila, it's not good general election politics. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think it'd be one thing if he got in her face and got her rattled. But she was pretty calm on all that and didn't really, uh, you know, go for the bait. And I, I thought. You know, didn't I think if you're a person who hasn't paid much attention, was tuning in this time, kind of undecided, wanted to see what Trump's message of change was, the first 15, 20 minutes, you thought, gee, maybe he really will shake things up. But again, he, he just lost the thread on that. I mean, he returned very sporadically to it, but he should have said every five minutes. You know, Hillary Clinton is part of the status quo. If if you if you're happy with the way things are in this country, vote for her. If you want change, vote for me. And he really lost that that thread badly. I thought in the last seventy minutes or so. Now the first twenty minutes are probably the most important. That's the conventional view. So maybe his doing pretty well on that and hammering her on trade will get him somewhere. But I I thought if people stayed through the whole debate, they thought. One of his main contentions, she's not tough enough. She doesn't have the stamina to be president. That didn't seem to be the case. Um, So I I thought it was a pretty good night for Hillary Clinton. Uh, There's also the uh, question of the downside for Trump, though. He never had a moment where he made some 
you know, fact faux pas in the sense of, you know, the, you know, the, the capital of Canada is Maine or something. You know, I was right. talking to the, I was talking to the King of England, Phil Johnson last week. And he didn't, he didn't have that guy. He, he was clearly lost several times. There were times where he was just saying words that happened to randomly bounce together in his head, but he didn't have that. And I just wonder if the kind of loose cannon part is something that a lot of his supporters have already factored in and it didn't have the kind of impact to take away votes from Trump the way that a major, you know, demonstrable misunderstanding of a policy or facts would have. That's right, I think. And I don't think it was disastrous for Trump. And, you know, Mike Warren made a good point to me earlier. I think he read this somewhere that if you look at the history of these debates, uh, often the person who loses the first debate comes back and at least draws back even or, or sort of retrieves the situation in the second right. debate. Reagan in 84, Obama in 2012, most recent example of that. So it's not as if, you know, I don't think Trump uh, can't show up for the next debate and, and can't make his case again. And, and maybe even and maybe this won't change the polls much. I mean, I don't know. That's very hard to predict. It's notoriously difficult to predict how these debates actually influence voting intentions. But I still think, yeah, if you're for Trump, I don't think you saw anything that horrified you probably if you're ready for Trump. But if there are swing voters out there, uh, maybe Trump didn't drive them that much further away. But he certainly I don't think he made the change case nearly as effectively as he could have. And conversely, I don't think Hillary Clinton. I mean, she's not the most attractive and wonderful politician in the world, but I thought, you know, she was adequate to reassure swing voters that she they could live with her. And, and the reminder to, to me was yet another reminder of just how weird it is to have this fake format of a debate thing used to pick a president of the United States. Does it really matter? You know what I'm saying? Who, at what, there's no point where it's going to be, I think our policy on taxes should be X. Okay, we'll have the debate. You'll get three, you know, three and a half minutes. Right. Should we you know, attack Russia over Ukraine? We'll have five minutes on each side. That's not how the world works. And it is a strange skill set. And I think it was so evident that he had never done this before. And she had. Right, which means he could be a lot better the second time. He's a pretty quick study. He was during the primaries. No, I think that's right. I mean, that's why, look, most voters, intelligently enough, sanely enough, don't switch their votes because of debates. They move one or two or three points sometimes with the undecided voters. But, you know, most voters know a lot about Trump and Clinton, and they know about their views on issues, and they're pretty solidly or squeamishly on one side or the other. So that's why these debates don't move massive numbers of voters. But presumably in this race, there's 15, 20 percent who are undecided or thinking about voting for one of the third, fourth, fifth party candidates. Um, as I say, I don't think Trump gave them much reason to come over. We'll see. He's had momentum in the polls. He certainly was closing. We'll see where we are in four or five days. There's now a little bit of a lag until the next debate. So we have a little time now to let, mm-hmm. let some of the stuff in this debate sink in. And the evidence that Trump was off his game or got rattled or couldn't find his footing, I thought, was when the uh, issue of cybersecurity came up and Hillary went on the attack about his Russian connections and he didn't turn around and say, excuse me, I have to listen to cybersecurity talk from a woman who had classified information on a homemade server in her basement. And or, or, you know, you know what, Hillary, I did send you my tax returns. It was in an email. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you deleted them. I mean, there's just, right. the lines are just these big old softballs that you that I was expecting Trump to swing on and. I, I think you've I think you've touched on something that he was out of his comfort zone for the last two thirds of the debate. And the, and the fact that he didn't jump on these easy gimmies, I think, is indicative of that. 
No, I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, the way I'd say I think the same thing in a different way is he was so preoccupied with defending himself against all of her charges that he forgot that he had an awful lot of good attacks on her. And he should have done what Hillary Clinton did effectively on emails, partly because Trump didn't then challenge it. He said, look, I made a, she made a, I made a mistake. Uh, I'm sorry I did that. And then Trump said, well, it wasn't a mistake you did intentionally, but she didn't feel the need to go back to it and went back to attacking Trump. So I think – I mean, it's funny. He's the guy one thought would be on the offensive in her face attacking. But she actually attacked more than he. I think if you look just at the debate, pick up the transcript and just say who's criticizing whom. She's criticizing him after the first 15 minutes uh, more often, and he's defending himself more often. Well, my final verdict is Trump was Trump, Hillary was Hillary, and America is screwed. So that's how, that's, that's how I score the night. Well, that, on that upbeat note, we can uh, call it a night. I'll go have a drink. We will, do, we will do this again. And by the way, if you're going to have a drink, have one of our campaign cocktails. It's a great series at theweeklystandard.com if you haven't seen it. It's funny, hilarious, historical. These cocktails named after uh, presidents of the past that were created as part of campaign events. I definitely could have used two or three Bill Tafts tonight watching the uh, debate. And you can find that at Weekly standard.com as well as more podcasts and you subscribe at itunes.com to all of our weekly standard podcasts thanks so much for joining us on this special post-debate podcast analysis i'm your host michael graham